0: Hey NASCAR fans, welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 52. I'm your pal Val. With me is the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you? Hey Val, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing awesome. And King NASCAR, the man, the myth, the legend, Logan. Hey
1: everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Hey
0: gentlemen. We got a great show for everybody. If you're not familiar with NASCAR radio, this is where NASCAR and NASCAR trading cards meet. Uh, we're going to go over The Xfinity and Cup race at Road America. And then we're going to, in NASCAR news, we're going to talk about some hobby pickups and maybe if you're going to the national, what uh, you can expect if you've never been. uh, And then whatever else we uh, talk about today. So, but switching over to last week's results Camping World Truck Series, there was no race. We do have one this weekend. That's going to be at Knoxville Raceway. It's the Corn Belt 150 presented by Premier Chevy Deals. That is Friday, July 9th. Stages are 15, 30, 60 laps for 150 miles. They will be practiced Thursday, qualifying on Friday. That is race number 14. The playoffs start August 13th at race number 16. So we're getting ready to have a few breaks here for them, but that's the truck race. And then Xfinity, it was race number 17. That was the 12th annual Henry 180. That was Saturday, July 3rd at Road America at Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Looked beautiful. It looked like there was a ton of fans. They couldn't talk about how, or couldn't talk about enough, I guess, how how the fans were there enjoying it. So that was a road course. Really cool. I don't... I don't think they raced there often. I think the Cup race hadn't raced there in uh, since the 1950s. I think Tim Flock was the last uh, winner in the 50s. So, but uh, in the Xfinity Series, uh, Kyle ba- Kyle Busch was running, and Kyle Busch won. I think that's his. He's four for four in the Xfinity Series for races, and the highest ing- highest finishing rookie at position 33 was Ty Gibbs.
1: Which yeah. Uh, the rookies didn't do so well in this race.
0: <laughs> yeah, I noticed that when I was uh, pulling the stuff. It was like he was the highest finish at 33, and then 34 was Jade Bruford, 35 Sam Mayer. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, um, yeah, not very good. And I was watching that with Ty. He, I guess his transmission went out. And he just kind of creeped up there at, at the uh, whatever lap it was. But, but we've yep. talked about uh,
1: he was yes, doing good. great. He was doing great until his transmission went out for for a rookie. He was he was running up front, but yeah, I got, I I got a feeling he he uh, he may have may have over muscled that thing a little bit too much.
0: So on one of the, I guess it was one of the stages, must have been stage in the stage one of stage two. On the restart, he jumped out of line to go around somebody before the start finish line, which is a penalty. So. He had to serve that penalty, so he went to the back, but he he was charging through that field um for all those laps um I'm sure he I'm sure we uh, I'm sure he put a heavy strain on that car, so it uh, kind of reminds me of I was gonna say Tim Richmond where uh he was you know heavy heavy on the equipment, but again, that road course is vicious on equipment apparently, but with Kyle Bush. We've talked about him, I guess, what, quite a bit now with his rookies in 2004.
1: Yeah, it seems like every week we're talking about him one way or another, either in uh, in Cup or in Xfinity. That was his 101st uh, Xfinity win. So he, he's, he's well on his way to, to being well over 100. So, I mean, I don't know if he's going to quit, like he said, this year or if he's going to keep running next year. I think a lot of it depends on sponsorship dollars. So uh, I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think he has one more race to run this year. Uh, he's under contract. And to your point, well, I guess he'll see what kind of sponsorship he gets for Xfinity for next year, if he's going to race or not. But, you know, it kind of reminds me of, you know, Mark Martin. He's definitely, you know, by no qualifying and some of these other things, he gets uh, extra seat time to learn the tracks and everything else. So,
1: yeah, imagine if they uh, they still could run as many races as they wanted to, how many races he would have won by now.
0: You know, that's that's it. I think, I know, you know, they're trying to curb some of this, but he's kind of a triple threat. If he could run all three, right, three series, he could seriously win a more than one championship, you know?
1: Yeah, you know, I know it. I mean, and, I, and he, he's one of the drivers who is who's, who's part of the reason why, they do limit these guys, these cup guys in these lower uh, series, you know, cause everybody was getting mad because, you know, Kevin Harvick's winning all the time or Kyle Bush is winning all the time. And so people were just getting ticked and uh, they, they, they finally put a stop to it.
0: I mean, I can see it on both sides on one, on one hand with he when he's racing in these lower levels, the drivers, the, the drivers that are normally in that series, I'm sure they want to match up their skills with, you know, Kyle Bush, right? Like we'll see, uh, that's kind of like in baseball or whatever, whenever the, the previous champion comes to town, the teams play at a higher level. Cause they want to be, try to beat them, you know?
1: Yeah. But in the same breath, you know, they want to win too. They don't want to be coming in second every damn week for, <laughs>
0: no, no, I, I understand. Kyle that. Bush,
1: Cause you know, I, I would be wanting to win, you know? So, you know, I, I guess in a way i'd be wanting to test myself against him and trying to you know try to beat him but then also th- there's another facet to this as well you've got the the promoters of the race and the promoters of the track you know they want they want the big name stars to come to these races uh to sell tickets so yeah you know, that's another thing no that you're exactly right
0: but uh with Kyle bush we've talked about him before his rookies are in 2004 he's in the base press pass. They have um, other releases as well as like Optima Stealth and Trackside. And there's also a 2004 wheels high gear. I'm not going to go through all the different parallels. There's autographs in the wheels. And I think in the signings, the press pass signings are kind of sprinkled in with the different releases like Optima Premium Stealth, Trackside and VIP and the gold Uh, Number to 50 released in Press Pass, Optima Premium, Stealth, Trackside, and VIP as well. And I don't know if we talked about it last time. There's that other 2002 Choice Marketing Rising Stars. That wasn't released in packs. It's probably what you would say XRC. Uh, I think Reed Soreson is another star that's in that set. You can usually pick them up for... Well, I don't even know what they are now, but usually we're, we're cheap. So, but that's another option too if you like to get cards, uh, rookie cards signed. So,
1: yeah. Last night I was looking. I was looking for cow bush rookies, and I saw in Com C where they had um, some 2004 wheels, and all every single one of those. We I know we keep harping on this, but they were they were off center as well. It's like no, I'm not buying any of these.
0: Yeah, those are like we talked about before. Those are tough. And then I also like the press pass with the variations, the two different variations um, that they did.
1: Yeah, those are cool. They really
0: are. And then our highest finishing rookie, we've talked about him a few times, Uh, Ty Gibbs. His rookie cards are in 2020 Chronicles for the most part, his base. And then if you remember, Chronicles is made up of multiple smaller sets inside so like Chronicles Phoenix Score. If you're familiar with the old score football, they're similar to that. Spectra 2020 Panini Prism has about ten different signature versions parallels to it. But all his base are in the Crusade Phoenix score spectra from Chronicles. Uh, those are red hot right now. I don't know if you're gonna uh, if you can find them for a deal, you might wanna pick one of those up, but uh, you might want to stay away from those from right now, so maybe that's something to pick up in the off season, or uh, I was going to say if he has a little bit of a slump, but he's maybe, I guess, during the playoffs, I don't know, because he's not eligible, which I'm sure everybody's very thankful about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they are. Because his
0: average finish we were talking about was 4.5, but I'm sure that dropped now because of that, that finish. Uh, his average finish now is 7.7. 7.
1: That's still not bad. <laughs> There's a lot of people would take that any day.
0: Yeah, and then out of uh, nine races, he has seven top fives in one pole. So definitely, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily going to go up to Cup next year. I wouldn't think so. I would think he'd spend some time at Xfinity. So he's
1: going to get better as he gets more experience. Yeah, no, he won't go. He will not go to Cup next year. They, they, they're they're going to want to groom him for a little while. I mean, he's, he's probably going to want to try to go to cuff himself, but he's not ready.
0: Yeah, I, there's no need to to rush him So until there's an opening, too, because of the uh, current situation over at Joe Gibbs. So he's, I'm kind of getting to become a lock here for the Xfinity Series Rookie of the Year, but we will see. Uh, next race, race number 18 is at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Saturday, July 10th at 3:30 p.m. Stages are 40, 40, and 83
1: laps for 250 miles. Yeah, and they announced today that uh, after the Cup race on Sunday, that they're going to repave Atlanta. Finally, that that track is starting to deteriorate, and it's pretty rough. And the the aggregate they use on that track is, I think, it's got a lot of, you know, a lot of rough. uh, You know, like Pebbles and, and aggregate from like, you know, shells and things like that from the sea, you know, some of the things they use. So, yeah, they're going to repave it. And I also heard that they're going to change the banking and increase the banking and change the width in certain parts of the track. So, so that'll be, that'll be cool to see next year.
0: Yeah, I did read something about that where they're going to try to use this as a model for future tracks. So we will see how that goes. But yeah, they're going to start after the cup race. Uh, And moving over to Cup, that was race number 20. That was the inaugural Jockey Made in America, 250, presented by Quick Trip. And that was July 4th, Sunday, at Road America, also at Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. And like I said before, that was the first time that road course or the Cup Series had been there since the uh, mid-50s, I believe it was. And that was a real good, interesting race. Different stage winners. Uh, for stage one, stage two. But in the end, Chase Elliott was able to kind of run away with it there at the end. And our highest finishing rookie was Chase Briscoe at position six. And then with Chase Elliott, we've talked about him a few times. Doesn't have a lot of r- rookies. Or if you go back to the pre- the press pass wheels days back in 2011, the wheels element only a few car parallels to chase there, and only two autographs. Uh, there's the base number 99. There's a green version that you get from hobby boxes. Red version from Blasters, I believe. There's a black number, um, serial number to 35, and a purple serial number to 25. In the hobby boxes, and we've, I've said it before, and this kind of information you'll get here at NASCAR Radio, in the hobby boxes, there's a civil foil pack. Inside that pack will be a undiscovered elements autograph or a black parallel serial number to 35. The undiscovered element autographs are numbered out of 25 for the blue version or the red ink is numbered to 25. I think there's four or five different undiscovered elements in 2011, with Chase Elliott being one of them. Uh, Blow Out has boxes currently for about 125. Uh, I don't know, about four months ago, they were about 100. Uh, and out of a 10-box case, you're looking at getting about three autos. So you won't get one of each. But, you know, with Chase Elliott having won the championship last year and doing well this year and being one of the most popular drivers, uh, I think uh, if you can find some Chase Elliott cards... For a good price, you might want to pick them up if you don't have any. Uh, also uh, noted that in 1997, uh, Press Pass and Pinnacle, Racers Choice, both of them depict Chase Elliott as a baby. Uh, the Press Pass, I think, is the, is the neater version because Chase Elliott's sitting in Bill Elliott's car, and they actually put some print on there about, is Chase Elliott going to be a future... Uh, 21st century champion, so...
1: Yep, little did they know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like on the episodes of The Simpsons, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised The Simpsons hadn't predicted that Chase Elliott would have won the championship.
0: But yeah, th- those are um, pretty cool cards. I've gotten him to sign, one, I think, one of each of those already. So and I think there's a couple different parallels. I think in the press pass, there's like a lasers. Version and then the racer's choice as a showcase series, but um, but those elements are kind of they have a vintage feel to them, older stock, no gloss, and they usually come out in pretty good shape. Nines, if you grade them, nines and tens are pretty much the norm. Maybe off center just a tad, but uh, the big the big hit though is getting the hobby box and pulling one of those undiscovered elements. Now the par- the parallels, the green and blues are tough as well. I've always seen those totally off well, I've seen more greens than I've seen reds, but they're notoriously off center, I think top to bottom.
1: Yeah, that's what I've noticed too. And and like you said, I haven't seen very many of those. They're just they were pretty they were pretty pretty scarce.
0: I don't know what the run was on 2011 Element. They premiered Element. In 2009, I believe it was. Uh, that's where you can find Austin Dillon rookies. And in 2010, it's more famously for Trevor Baines rookie in there, as well as Danica Patrick. And then 2011 was the last year for Element. I actually liked that 2000, or that Element product.
1: Yeah, I liked the cardstock they used, it was kind of old school. And and I and I like that part.
0: Yeah, but I think they went to like Fanfare. I know that there's a I think there's a 2011 Fanfare. Um, but they stopped wheels in in eleven, and then Fanfare from 12 and 13. And that is Chase Elliott, and then Chase Briscoe. We've talked about before as well. Since him and, and Antonio Alfredo are the only two that are both going for Rookie of the Year and Cup, we've been talking about them. But um, Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott, Chase Briscoe 2018 Panini certified with all the different parallels and fresh faces signatures. They put them in 2018 Panini Prime. That's more of a memorabilia, no autographs, I don't think. And then autographs in 2018 Panini Prism signature series and then Victory Lane signatures as well. So, and that is Chase Briscoe. The next race, Atlanta Motor Speedway, Quaker State 400. That's Sunday, July 11th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Stages are 80, 160, 260 laps for 400.4 miles. No practice or qualifying. Uh, With Chase Elliott winning, um, it really doesn't shake up the playoff standings much. Everybody who's uh, won a race is pretty much secured. Uh, starting at position 12, Danny Hamlin's the first one on points, which if you would have I would have taken that bet at if anybody would have bet said um uh, Danny Hamlin would have at least one one uh one win and Kevin Harvick, Harvick would have had one win. I would have taken that bet for sure. But uh position 13, Kevin Harvick, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, Kurt Busch, and outside looking in Chris Busher, Ross Chastain, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and Matt DiBenedetto. And to your point, Logan, they are going to, um, repave that Atlanta Motor Speedway and try to make it a, I don't want to say next gen track, but, you know, a model for a future tracks. So they said they spent a lot of work, a lot of research working on improvements. So, and working on better racing. So moving over to our next segment, uh, the Nationals coming up. This is basically the, First full week of July. Last week of July, we have the National coming up. I know we've all been before, gentlemen. But when you go the first time, if you've never been, it's kind of overwhelming. Uh, lots and lots of dealers. Uh, you can get, I would say, confused, but there, you see so much, you kind of stuff starts running together. I don't know, gentlemen, if you have any kind of tidbits for our listeners that are new to go. I would say don't be afraid to ask. If you're looking stuff for particular, I know like me and Logan when we go because we do we check out, you know we're looking for NASCAR stuff instead of necessarily trying to look at what everybody's got. We do you know ask them, hey, you got any NASCAR cards? And the replies are usually uh, NASCAR no, or NASCAR I left them home,
1: or or I've got Formula One. (laughs)
0: Yeah, or they. Yeah, I do, and they point us to a Mario Andretti or something, (laughs) or a. uh, I'm sure it's going to be now. It's going to be all the tops F1. (laughs) Got Lewis Hamilton.
1: Yep. There's a lot of people that don't know the difference between open wheel cars and and stock cars. But I don't hold that against them. No, I don't. At least they're trying to help.
0: That and that's true, right? Because most dealers, that's uh, for the most part, they it's pretty good interaction with them. And I don't know, is there what ten aisles? Jason, you remember uh, like 10, 15 aisles? So uh, there's big numbers over the aisles where it's like 100, 200, 300. Uh, If you bring some paper and pencils, if you see some stuff uh, and you plan on going back, you're going to need to help take some notes down so you can find it again because stuff starts running together after a while.
2: Yeah, definitely. And you asked, you asked me how many aisles. I'm coming from a different perspective because the one time I was there, I was working. So there wasn't much venturing out um, besides the aisle that, you know, we were kind of in. The good thing is it does seem like if you're going for the bigger companies, the steel city, the blowout, the DA, and then the brands and manufacturers, you know, tops, upper deck, leaf and all those, they're kind of all together. And if I remember correctly, they're kind of in the same square. And I, I'm sure things will, you know, this is Cleveland that I'm speaking of, so it's going to be different. Um, but they kind of keep all those together. And it's not like tops is in one row and upper decks in the next, and you got to walk forever and try to figure it out. And I think it's the same thing with uh, Com C, PSA, BGS. They're kind of all in the same neighborhood. And then the other side is a lot more the independent dealers, I guess you could say, that are kind of together. They're housed yeah. closer together.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. The the blowout, DA, Steel City, they were they're all kind of close together. And the prices, well, you know, there, no telling what's going to be like now. But at the competitive pricing, I would imagine the Thompson, Upper Deck, Panini, they're all kind of together. And then layout, like you said, is good. If it's the same way, you know, the breaker pavilion and then also the autograph pavilion, there's a massive list of autographs. I don't know because none of the NASCAR guys sign or charge for signing. I usually don't fool with the autograph pavilion, but I can imagine trying to juggle that as well because there are uh, folks coming for or doing the autographs you know the stars and the only one i did notice looking at the list was Pete rose he's like everywhere he's on multiple days usually though they're the athletes in for a particular time and then they're done for you know the show so so being organized maybe taking some snacks as well i think there's only like one or two concession stands there they can get uh probably besides pricey though but uh yeah they are got
1: yeah, they've got concessions there, and they do get pricey. I, and like you said, I it you know, take some snacks, take some water. I mean, it's like I said, it's it's very it's it's very expensive. About the only thing I ever splurge for when I'm there is I'll buy an ice cream cone with those soft serve cones. So that's that's that would be my my big purchase from the from the refreshment uh, <laughs> stands. And then
0: bring a really good
1: pair of shoes. Yep, bring a good pair of shoes. Um, some other things that I, that I, I usually do when I'm, I'm going to the national is, uh, I'm sure that I'm, I'm sure to have a USB battery pack so I can charge my phone because trust me, you're going to be looking up comps. You're going to be doing all kinds of things with your phone. You'll be calling your friends, texting, uh, your phone's going to run out real quick and you're going to be there from eight thirty 30, 30, in the morning to six o'clock at night, Friday, Saturday, and, uh, thursday friday saturday and then sunday ends at five if you go all those days plus you have the vip night on wednesday so that's like 37 and a half hours of of time that you'll be in there so having a battery helps uh also something else too is i always put together a want list of the things i'm working on on, on my phone so if i see them uh you know you know if i'm going through a box of cards or something and there's commons or something i'm looking for then i can Uh, look at my phone and say, yeah, I I need this card or whatever. So it's good to have your
0: want list with you too. You definitely need your want list uh, in some form of the other or on your phone, hard copy or whatever. Uh, You will probably see all kinds of different items there. I guess what I'm trying to say is maybe if you find, if there's something really rare as your white whale, you might want to pick it up right then and there. There'll be a lot of folks at that show, and the odds of finding it again, or if somebody else having it, might be tough. Uh, if it's more common stuff, then you know, I would say you could wait and then come back. I know, Logan, like with us, we that one year we bought a case of cards, we kind of shopped around, and uh, and people lower prices too. <laughs> I'll never forget that 2018 Panini Prism Blasters, I guess it was, was it, I guess it was what last 2019 it was. Nobody, you couldn't couldn't give them away. I think it was five. It went down to five or seven dollars now. Uh, now they're you know what seventy five fifty dollars because of the the Haley Deegan's in them. But and also if you're you know be cognizant if you're traveling by plane what you can take on or ship out. I think there's a post office right there too if I want to say or maybe I'm thinking of Cleveland.
1: No, no, they they have they have they have shipping facilities there that you can ship back stuff.
0: Yeah, or mm-hmm. if you're driving then. You know, you can you wait till Saturday or Sunday, and then you can probably get some deals on stuff too. But you know, that's all again. Twenty nineteen references now, now in the junk wax, where, or with everything being expensive, there's
2: no talent. But
1: yeah, and and bring cash.
2: Yeah. Um, one of the things that I noticed, it, I only noticed it because in working taking down the boot. I mean, close enough. We would say you know, past closing time whether it was five six o'clock whatever it was walk by the bigger boots back at auction houses uh, stuff like that a lot of freebies get left especially on the last day i remember walking out and get had left all kinds of the sports card monthlies on the table was just for people to take all they did was cover off of them so that you couldn't you know, but all kinds of stuff is usually left over, whether it's, you know, pins or like auction catalogs. I would think those are pretty cool to look through. Um, it's like the random stuff that companies will leave um, just so they don't take home.
1: You're breaking up there, Jason.
2: The whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Did you catch any of that? I think what you,
0: uh, you had said was to the last day where the auction catalogs and some of the other uh, magazines and stuff, they'll rip the cover off, but leave the magazines for folks so that they leave them for collectors.
2: Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, like I said, freebies that get left out just because those big places don't want to take them home. And I know Beckett was one that left a bunch of their price guides out and they tore the cover off of, and then those auction houses always leave catalogs. And I'm as much of a, historian as anybody else as far as the cards go and I think those catalogs are pretty cool to look through so those are always interesting to pick up even if you throw them away later definitely that's good, yeah. uh,
1: good I, like to, I like to save those catalogs too they're good references with pictures of cards and things I, I, I like them I'm with you
0: of course this year it's going to be a little different I'm not sure if tops is doing their Q&A we know there's no PSA set registry luncheon
1: yeah, I also heard Upper Deck is, is, I've heard rumors Upper Deck will not be there.
0: And I heard that, but then I thought they had changed their mind, so. Well, yeah, I
1: don't know. I, we'll it, it's, it's strictly a rumor. I don't know. And not only that, you know, talking about PSA, they're they're not going to be taking anything back to the PSA mothership either. So, uh, you know, normally what I like to do is bring my cards up there and I, then I hand them off to them and then they take them back with them. It saves me money and that way, you know, they're already in their hands but that's not going to get to happen this year since, you know, they still haven't taken, uh, you know, any any bulk submissions or anything yet. They just started with the Express the other day. So that's, that kind of stinks, but I, I get it. I mean, I, <laughs> I'd like to get my cards that I've got there back, uh, you know, hopefully in a timely fashion. We'll see what happens. I know, Val, you've got some in there too. I don't know about you, Jason. Do you have any cards at PSA?
2: Um, I have two that I sent through um, a, a bulk submitter that were um, sent in early November. Um, you should be getting those things back or, sent. Yeah, they were sent early November on a 20-day. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, they're in step six of 13. But the problem yeah. is I think once I go past the step, I think it's all like a snowball. like It moves really fast. Let's hope yeah. so. <laughs> well, the end of this so month looking, will be... Okay. I'm looking at the map. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that the end of this month will be one year uh, that I mailed off that bulk sub. Uh, it didn't get checked in. I mailed it the last day of July, and it got checked in in early September. So only a few more weeks for to, to make a year without those cards.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I can't... I can't fault PSA. Nobody saw this coming. Um, if we if we'd have seen it coming, everybody would have been ramped up and expecting it. But nobody saw this coming. Nobody saw you know the avalanche or the tsunami of cards that they that, that they were going to get, and all the greater grading companies were going to get. It's uh, it, it, it's been overwhelming for them. Uh, honestly, I, I don't know how they are deal, how they can deal with that. I mean, to me as an individual, if I had to deal with that many things at one time, uh, that would be very difficult. I don't, I don't know that I could really handle it well. So I think they're doing the best they can. You know, they've been hiring like crazy Uh, and, you know, kudos to them They're, I think they're doing a good job. I mean, I know I'm pro PSA and people, there's a lot of people that get mad. You've had my cards for all these, all these months or year or whatever. And, you know, they, there, there's a lot of haters and things, but, you know, I, I get that, but you know, I, I think they're doing the best they can, and everybody just needs to just just hold on the best they can, and you're you're going to get your cards back. It's just going to take some time.
2: Um, going back to what was talked about for upper deck, I looked at the floor paint floor plan for the national, and upper deck is nowhere to be found. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you we're three weeks away and they're not on there, there's no way they're going to be there. There are no. no empty right. spots. Um, So no, upper deck's not going to be there.
1: Yeah. Cause you know, they're putting up the programs and, and sending in all the literature and uh, everything for the show. So yeah, if you're not on there now, yeah, you're, you're right, Jason, they're not, they're not going to be there. Oh, going back and also going back to talking about, you know, things to bring. You know, I, I said something about cash. You want to bring cash. But you also want to keep it secure. Uh, I have, I have a story about that. Um, I was, it was a Friday in Chicago. About, I guess it's been, I can't remember the, what, what year it was. Was it twenty seventeen? Uh, I think that's when it was. Anyway, um, I was heading into the the show from the parking garage across the street and I'm just walking in the middle of the street because there's no cars coming, anything like that. And I'm walking up and I see something on the street in front of me. I'm going, that looks like money. No, I can't be money. I get up to it. It was money. It was, it was $2,100 bills wrapped, wrapped with a a bank wrapper around, around the, uh, around the bills. And I picked it up. I went, "Oh my God, I couldn't believe this!" And my very first thought was, "Wow, my show is paid for, and I'm going to keep this money." So I put it in my pocket. I walk into the sh- into the show, after about an hour or so, I'm thinking to myself, "You know, somebody is missing this money, and they're really upset right now." So I went to the lost and found, uh, told them I had found some money, and the guys there go. Hey, how much money did you find? I'm going, I'm not going to tell you how much money I found. I said, you'll get somebody to come back and uh, say, Hey, did you find, you know, $2,000, blah, blah, blah. So I just told him I found some money. Here's my phone number. If somebody comes looking for money, you know, just call me. So I went through the whole rest of the show, Friday, Saturday, uh, Sunday. And, and this is one of the times when we drove home on Monday. So we stayed for the show all the say. So I'm driving home Monday my phone rings and some guy goes, Hey, I understand you found some money. And I said, yeah, I found some money. He goes, uh, was it $2,000? And it was 20, 20, uh, $100 bills with this wrapper from this bank with this date on it. And I went, yeah. So I ended up, uh, PayPal him the money back. Uh, he wanted to give me a reward. I didn't, I didn't want a reward. I just, all I want out of that deal is if, if I happen to lose something of that magnitude, sometime that somebody will will do the right thing and get right. it back to me. So yeah, that was that was it, that was crazy.
0: And now uh, you have a uh, he sets up at the shows, right, or at the national, So I know you say hi to
2: him every year.
1: Yeah, in fact, he was he was at uh, the Dallas show. He's he's a dealer, and he said it really messed up his his the rest of his national.
2: I could only imagine.
1: Yeah. But what, what happened is he said he had a fanny pack and he, he forgot to zip it and his money fell out. Mm, wow. Yeah. So uh, on a, a, the next year when I saw him, I actually saw him at the show. I brought him the wrapper from the, uh, <laughs> the $2,000 and gave it to him as a nice touch. I go here you go, dude, <laughs> here's your wrapper too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bring, bring, bring money. Uh, so, you know, some other things that I do is, when I first get in there, like the first day, I just kind of wander around looking stuff, looking at all, looking to seeing if there's anything cool I want to buy. But then like the next day and the day after that, I usually try to be consistent and I have a plan where I'll go down one aisle. And like what Val said, I'll we'll ask on each side of the aisle, hey, do you have any racing, blah, blah, blah. And just go down every aisle and ask, you know, ask that question. That way, you know, hopefully you don't miss too much so you know because my son he he kind of goes helter skelter he just kind of goes down this aisle and cuts over and goes this way and zigzags and it's kind of like the family circus where jeffy's going around doing all different things and he there's things he misses and he never sees and you know i just i just i just can't do it that way so have a plan when you go for sure it's enormous
0: and then also depending on how much time you have You can hit uh, the showcases, but then there are some folks that basically, you know, it's a little like a little antique store. Uh, They're going to have boxes and boxes of cards. Uh, Just know that if that's where you're stopping, you know, that's time away from other stuff. So, you know, we like to hit all the big stuff and then do those dumpster diving, but card diving and maybe at a different day or something else like that, where it's a little... Harder to, um, or it takes more time to consume. So,
1: yep, I totally agree. And here, I, I did a little math earlier. I think they said they're going to have like 600 dealers there this year. So, okay, you have 600 dealers, and there's like 1500, 1600 tables, however many tables there are between all these dealers. So, there's 37 and a half hours, which which equates to 22, that or 2250 minutes. So, if you divide 600 into that. You really, you have three and a quarter, three and three quarters hours, or three, excuse me, three and three quarter minutes per booth to look at everything. So when you start looking at it that way, there's not a lot of time.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, and then also when you look at a dealer or the way they're set up, you can tell if they're, you know, they're professionals, they have showcases, lots of graded cards. Uh, you're not, you might not get the greatest bargains there, or you're looking for the guy who has all the totes and just stuff sprawled out. And that's somebody who doesn't do a lot of shows and basically, you know, they're blowing stuff out or, you know, no one else has really gone through it. So, you know, there's the two different opportunities
2: there. So I never, understood yeah. how those people set up at the national, because to me, it's like, isn't that so much money? And I get that the, the crowd is unlike anything you will ever get anywhere else, but it's like somebody's grandfather that you'd see at a small show is setting up at the national and it's like, how does that even happen?
0: I totally agree. I, uh Chicago last time there was a uh multiple tables and it was right by the autograph pavilion. When you come down, all it was was basically like one dollar box sets or dollar team sets. Yeah. Maybe they were $5 sets, but to your point, I'm calculating in my head is like, you know, how many of these do you need to sell to make back? You know, what's the table? $1,000 or whatever, or more.
1: I think it's more than that.
0: Yeah. Th- and to make your money back or make profit, because I think what people don't understand is yes, you're looking at the price of the item right there, but there's also an employee there, you know, uh, clocking hours. You know against that so it's not only the profit of the item but it's also hourly wage for the person right. that's there so you know to your point you know I'm, I'm sitting there looking at that all those tables it just wasn't one table I think it might have been 10 tables it, it was a lot and to sell those uh low-cost items
1: yeah I remember that guy he had some uh some like 1991 bowling cards and I bought I bought a few like 10 packs of those for 10 bucks
0: because I bought a 85 uh, tops Mets team set I think it was the good one wasn't in there but uh, all the other guys were so
1: yeah oh and uh, probably one of the one of the number one things that that you want to do when you go to the national is for crying out loud take a shower <laughs> <laughs> I cannot tell you. And, th- and this is – now, this is my son, Tyler, Tyler sports guy. This is his one of his big pet peeves is he cannot stand it when he walks up on somebody and they stink to high heaven. So, for a cry out loud, take a shower. <laughs> Don't stink. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, th- this year is going to be – I think it's going to be packed, and there's going to be a lot of folks in there. So, I'm trying to think of the layouts. Um it's one big, one big room, long, very long aisles. Uh, the Chicago layout. I think there's parking across the street. I think there's some shuttles that might run to the Rosemont Convention Center.
1: Yeah, we're we're staying at the Hilton across the street this year. Uh, Val and I are, so I think we'll, we'll we'll be able to walk. So that'll be nice.
0: Uh, there's parking over there. I'm trying to think if there's any restaurants or whatever. There's, I think there's like a mall that's right over the highway across the way. But there are a few hotels that are like linked to this convention center. I think I stayed at one of
1: them last year. The Hyatt. I think so. Yeah, the Hyatt has a has some hamster tunnels that will get you over there. That, that's true. T- it works.
0: Yeah, but it works great if it's raining. So. Or you can just, if it's not raining, um, go the street route. So,
1: yeah. You you're talking, you know, you, you're talking about restaurants. I mean, there's a great steakhouse across the street called Gibson's. Uh, in fact, they have their own USDA cuts of beef that, that are just for them. But uh, it's a great place to eat. We'll go, we'll probably go there once. We've got a buddy who I've talked to, uh, Kirk. He hopefully, I told him he, this year was his year to buy. So he told me if I brought Tyler, he would buy. So Tyler's coming. So he's buying, I got, I've got it. In, I've got it in a chat.
0: <laughs> well, we know Pete Rose likes to eat there and we know, I think it was Reggie Jackson likes to eat there too.
1: Oh, there's a lot of, a lot of those autograph, autograph signers eat over there. I mean, we've seen so many people and you know, if, if you're bold enough and you, have something with you. You can, a lot of times you can get it signed. <laughs>
0: yep. Uh, any more thoughts on the national gentlemen? Uh,
1: the only thing I can think of is, um, wear a, wear a name tag or wear a button with your name or your, your social media handle. Uh, cause that helps people, you know, they may, they may not recognize you right off the bat, but if they see your name tag and go, Oh, Hey, it's, it's, you know, it's King NASCAR. or Hey, It's NASCAR radio guy, you know, whatever, Um, you know, that, that helps kind of break the ice too. You know, I'll I'll have a pin on with my, with my name on it. Uh, So if anybody sees me, you know, come up and say hi, you know, I'd love to meet the people that I, that I chat with on social media that I've never, never seen in real life. So it'd be, it'd be great to see y'all.
0: That's another, another point. I forgot that uh, GoGTS, they should be at the main stage and they will have, guests and have talking cards uh, i think pretty much the whole time uh that the nationals go and so uh, if you need a place to sit down take a break you can go over by the go gts stage there's some seating over there by the breaker pavilion if it's the same as it was in 2019
1: yeah i think our our friends at vintage breaks will be doing something i mean there's there's going to be so much going on that that you're just not going to have you're, you're going to run out of time. It, it, in a way, that's kind of sad, but that, that just that just speaks to the enormity of the show and, and, and how you know all the things are going on. Not to mention, you know, the after hour stuff, you know, the parties. There's there's things that, that happen after hours with various you know dealers or uh, sponsors or manufacturers. There's always something every night that you can go to. You, you kind of almost have to know somebody to get into some of those things, but you know, there's always something to do and trust me, you can, a lot of these places have, have open bars, which Val can attest to <laughs> one, one year in, uh, in Baltimore.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but it, it's, um, it's pretty awesome. I'm glad I went those first years or whatever. And now it's I try to get there each year, but, um, it's definitely worth going if you've never been and you're, and you're looking for, you know, to buy items, that that's the place to go. So. Uh and speaking of buying items, uh transition over, has have uh, anybody picked up anything great lately or seen any auctions close uh anybody wants to talk about.
2: Uh I'll jump in because we talked about it last week. Um that Dale Earnhardt senior autograph. That was the Holly farms max card from 1990, uh, that was signed on eBay for one. I think the guy had it for 179.99. 99. Um, I watched it, which I cannot recommend enough that if there's something you're interested in that buy it now, watch it before you make an offer. Um, Typically, you'll get some sort of discount from the seller. Um, so what happened was I watched it during the show, and a couple of days later, I got an offer for I think 143, and then I countered with 110. Just thinking, let's see what happens. Um, roughly 60 percent of, 60 70 percent of the original price and. Lo and behold, the guy accepted it. Um, it's not certified, but like you guys said last week, and I kind of was in agreement with you, it looks good. So whenever I do get it, I'm going to send it off to Beckett, probably to get slabbed for B, uh, BAS. Very nice.
1: That's cool, man. That's real cool.
2: That is actually the most I've ever spent on one single trading card. Well, I think well, I you worked
1: on I think you did well.
0: Yeah, and if you're working on that set, I think there's uh, plenty of the other um, folks still with us to, you know, work on that set. So, well, that's, that's well, the key. I am now. <laughs> yeah, I think you had mentioned you were thinking.
2: Yeah, this kind of twisted my arm and is going to push me. <laughs> or if I'm going to get the big one, I might as well get the other 29.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll I tell you one of the things. It's not racing related, but it's it's it's, it kind of appeals to my, my inner mad magazine self. Uh, I picked up a tops project 70 uh, Dennis Eckersley card that uh, has him looking like the, uh, the Martians from Mars attacks. And he's going, and I just thought that card was so, so freaking cool that I had to buy it because like I said, that appealed to, to my, my inner mad magazine self. And I, it's just one of those things, but I did get that. So that's one of the things I did pick up.
0: I did see that one. That That's, uh, I did notice that as well.
1: So what do you picked up Val?
0: Uh, actually it was, um, actually it's been a few weeks in the making. Um, during the, I guess by Memorial day, indie there was a auction for different indie items and there was a lot of the PPG sets 84 85 86 87s and the i think it's 1991 uh, i went in with Mr. Kin, and cuz i hit him up on twitter I was like hey uh cuz he w- we have a mutual friend and letting us know about the auctions and i asked him if, if you going if he was going to bid on it and so i was well instead of both of us bid on it let's just one of us bid on it and we'll split it. So he was cool with that. So I got all these PPG sits to go through and those are, you know, some of the earlier, well, not earlier. there were stuff before, but PPG, I think they made them from 83 with different years. So um Al Unser and Mario Andretti and Chip Canassi and those folks are mirrors. So yeah, not in my wheelhouse, but you know, kind of an extension.
1: Yeah, that's, Those those are pretty cool, and they're different-sized cards, too. They're a little bit wider and taller cards than your standard 35 by 25 cards.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, going through them. Nothing really else. I did see that, I guess, Target has gotten some... Uh, they had some Dunmer's Blasters, but I think they're all sold out. And I think, Jason, you said you had saw some repacks, maybe some NASCAR repacks.
2: Yeah, so... I had seen it on, I think the Nuts group, it had to be the Nuts group, that somebody found NASCAR blisters, which the blister packs is essentially repacked wax that you know somebody puts in one of those little clamshells and sells for like a bundle price. And it's completely random because... Everybody knows Target said that they're not selling cards right now, but um, I guess some stuff is sneaking in. I've seen some hockey um, get snuck in like the tens and then there's like a premier rookie premier set or something like that is out. Um, But as you can imagine, it's not flying off the shelves by any stretch. Um, But I bought one of these in the Pittsburgh area and it was two packs of Press Pass, and it was 2010 wheels. Um, Two packs of that and a handful of loose cards, um, random sets, random years, but you can actually see the loose cards, and I could see that there was one that was really thick um, so I, I grabbed it and it had a relic of David Reagan I think it was yeah from 2012 total memorabilia so total random uh, repack not sure who who does it um, the price on the card like the blister card says 9.99 but I'm pretty sure it actually rings up 7.99 so eight dollars for two packs of 10 11 year old stuff and a few random cards so not terrible um it's a nice change
0: yeah i think um you're right about being on the nuts site and with the long break between products i'm sure all the nascar folks are looking to break something here i think Chronicles releases next week. That date's been slipping and slipping. I think uh, July sixteenth is yeah. the release date now. And I guess also, if you have VIP codes, you might want to enter those in
1: before uh, the sixteenth. Yeah, I got a few left. I, I've been kind of
2: saving them. I got maybe four or five left. Why saving them? What's what's the difference?
1: I've just been saving them just to put them in for the next. You know, the next. Quarter or whatever, so maybe I can get you know win 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 some boxes of cards or a T-shirt, which I've won plenty of those. Which here I got one on right now that I won.
2: Just curious, because I I mean, when I have gotten mine from Hobby Boxes, I just do them all at the same time. I didn't know if there were you know like you said breaks or deadlines. I'm, well, I'm sure there's a deadline, but
0: I uh, think they they either reckon. pull them per week or by a month. So.
2: Gotcha.
0: Well, the one year you can actually, if you go to the website and look at the rules and some other stuff, it'll take you to other websites or that show you the odds and how they break it down. I think it's um, by week, and then also when the cutoff date is, and then I think it's the end of the year, and then sometime in February, March they'll publish everybody, and you'll be able to. Fine. I guess see everybody's first name and last initial or whatever. um Who's won? So.
1: Yeah, and but, last year, last year I don't think I don't think they gave out any any of the weekly or monthly prizes. You know, all they did was the grand prize because you know I I, I probably had five hundred of those those cards and I should have won something.
0: I think you're right. I think last year that was different than the previous year, but I yeah. look. From what it looked like it's more of like twenty nineteen and not like last year,
1: yeah, because they weren't in the office last year for the most part. so you know they they it was hard for them to 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 ship or do much of anything except what they had to do. so I, I don't I don't think I don't think they they really did anything last year with the with the contest except just award the the grand prize winner and I guess whatever the first place was and all that.
0: Uh, the one uh, auction I did see is a nineteen eighty three uno Richard Petty. PSA 10. Uh, it's currently at about fifty six dollars, but there's still more than three days left, so be curious to see how that finishes.
1: Yep, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll do well.
2: So you guys are more of national veterans than me. Do you notice a downswing in auction activity during the national, or does it increase, or have you ever paid attention yourself? Because to me, I would think a downswing.
0: I think it's a downswing because I'm not really looking because I'm on at the show. Uh, Usually when I'm at the show, it's just so time consuming to, and you know, you're talking to folks, you're looking at cards, the after show activities, you know, if you go out to eat or if you buy some cards and you want to open some boxes before you know it, it's 10, 11 o'clock. And, uh, Cause I'm you know, I'm old, so I guess I go to bed and then do it again the next day. So I'm not really looking at auctions too much.
1: Yeah, I, I would I would agree with all that. I would think that that they would be kind of on the downswing because you know everybody's you know everybody who's anybody is at the national. And I mean, I know there's a lot of people that don't go to the national, but still, I think I think that the the auction activity is down a little bit that week for sure.
0: And there's more wheeling and dealing at the national than, you know, you will see on eBay or some of this other stuff too. So. Yep. Totally agree with that too. That's a good, good point, Jason. Um, also, uh, we're going to, in the coming weeks, we're going to have a break with the NASCAR series as the Olympics is underway, but fear not, we won't have any races to talk about our cars, but, uh, I think, what we will do is, and we've talked about this before, about doing a top 20 and also top 10 of rookies and top 20 all-time NASCAR trading cards. Uh, what we think are the top best cards to collect that have that have been released. And so we'll break that up over those weeks and dive into some of those cards and why we feel those cards are uh, some of the top cards to collect in NASCAR. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: it's going to be cool. I- I've got to start working on my lists.
0: Of course, there's really no wrong answer. So, but uh, I'm sure Richard Petty be on that list. Dale Earnhardt and Jimmy Johnson. So, but you know, which cards it'll be fun, but I think I will wrap up there. I don't know if we, uh, if you guys have any more items you want to talk about this week.
2: Uh, no, I don't have anything. I think we, did pretty well
1: yeah I'm, I'm good i think i think that's it man all uh, right yeah
0: we did a big uh a lot of time on the national but i think if you've never been that's good information uh to review to make your national first national experience a success and not to get uh blindsided and try to get the most out of your time at the national so but for me jason and logan we appreciate you listening Like and share the podcast, share NASCAR trading cards with your friends. And from us, we will see you next week.